You are listening to the Savvy Painter Podcast, episode number 286. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Savvy Painter Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about the power of constraints. I want to talk about this because so often we think about constraints as closing off options. And what I want to offer you today and what we're going to explore is how it really is sort of like the key to freedom and creativity within your work. So I've come to realize how beautiful constraints are. And I'm going to first tell you a story about when I kind of realized that there was something there. And then I'm going to go into how I'm using it now. And I'm going to give you some ideas about how you can use it in your own practice. So I remember when I left my job at Disney, and my first thought was, this is going to be amazing. I have all the time in the world to paint and I can paint whatever I want, whenever I want, as much as I want. It was amazing what ended up happening. And this is the first clue that I had and a very powerful lesson for me to learn about the power of constraint. I finally had what I wanted. I finally had all the time in the world to paint. And having all the time in the world to paint seems like such a pretty thought, right? I can paint whatever I want, whenever I want, all day long, all night long if I want to. And I can paint anything I want, anything at all. So at first I had all these ideas, all these things I wanted to paint, and it was so much fun and I did it. I just painted all the time and I painted all the things. But what started to happen was when I started having a hard time deciding, I couldn't figure out why. I couldn't figure out what was so hard about deciding what to paint. Why wasn't I getting anything done? I was becoming really, really indecisive and taking a really extra long time to paint. So the thought that I had that I have all the time in the world to paint sort of backfired. And I started feeling like I just had way too many options and I didn't know what to do. And I remember realizing that, my God, what just happened? And it just seemed so, so crazy. So at Disney, I always knew what I was going to be doing next. I knew how much time I had. And also, even by the nature of the films that we based our video games off of, I had these worlds, let's say, to play with. And I hadn't realized how helpful those constraints were. When I worked on 101 Dalmatians, for example, I knew exactly what line quality I needed to use. When I worked on Sleeping Beauty or Cinderella titles, I knew precisely what colors and what shapes that I had to play with. And now in this new place where I could do anything I wanted and I had no restraints, I felt totally overwhelmed. So what I learned was, Without constraints, it became more and more difficult to decide. Without constraints, I had so many options, I just felt overwhelmed and I didn't get much done. I didn't give myself parameters. Too many choices led to indecision. And I think that that's one of the things that happens so often when we experience the emotion of overwhelm, it leads to inaction, basically. Like the feeling of overwhelm just leads to inaction. And so I've been thinking a lot about this because as many of you have heard and maybe have seen if you follow me on Instagram that I started a challenge for myself. I'm going to do 100 paintings in 100 days. 
I'm posting those on Instagram at Antrice Wood. If you want to see them, you can find them there. But I wanted to talk with you about how I made the decisions in this challenge and what that means. So the challenge was 100 paintings in 100 days. And already, just with the challenge, I'm giving myself a constraint right there, right? 100 days. But I wanted to add another constraint in there. I wanted to give myself 90 minutes a day to work on this project, right? So that's another constraint. Why 90 minutes though? I chose to give myself a block of time that I would work exclusively on this challenge. And I chose 90 minutes because I still have other priorities and I didn't want this challenge to consume my day. So I put a cap on the time that I'm willing to give it each and every day. I wanted it to be relaxing and fun and to give myself plenty of room to explore. So I did what I think some people might interpret as being very counterintuitive. I capped the time that I have to work on this project. I capped the time that I have to create. So this kind of taps into like the why of this taps into it's the same reason people say that they like deadlines. I have a decision and I have a commitment. At the end of that 90 minutes, I will have created a piece of art. I will have challenged my creativity and I will learn something about mark making or about like all of the technical skills that we use in painting. And I will have sort of explored some of my thought processes. And as I've done that, I will have made a bunch of decisions in order to create that work that I create for the day. But the biggest decision and the most impactful decision is the decision I make at the start of each piece. And that decision is, what is my intention for that 90 minutes? So we'll talk more about intentions later. It's something that we discuss a lot in Growth Studio. So I know it could be its own episode. In fact, I'm making a note to myself right now. That's an entire episode is just talking about intentions in your painting. But for now, one of the most important things that you can do to make sure that you are growing your skills and growing your thinking is to set intentions for your work. Now, here's the thing. I know that I can spend a lot of time setting up and deciding what to paint. So I wanted to stack the deck in my favor. So what I did was I decided to make a lot of the most time consuming decisions ahead of time so that when that 90 minutes hits, I can just get to work. That's where the constraints come in. So I'm anticipating that a few things will happen in the next 100 days. I'm anticipating that at some point, I won't want to do it. At some point, In the next 100 days, I will want to change my mind about what I'm painting. I will think at some point that I just don't have enough time. Life will happen and there will be days when I think that something else is more important. Someone will ask me to do something and I will need to choose how I want to use my time. This is just what happens in life, right? This is just how our brain works. I also know that the first few days or the first few weeks tend to be the easiest. My excitement and my motivation level is at its highest, so I'll just jump right in and I'll be all excited to get to work. That is super predictable. Any new project, any new venture, whether it's a painting project, joining the gym, or sticking to a new budget, we know that that's going to happen. We know that motivation, like right after you make a decision, will be very high and 
your resolve and excitement about it will also be very high. But I also know that that excitement, that resolve, that motivation, it doesn't last. I know that there will be a day or five or 10 when my brain acts like a little toddler, folds its arm across its chest and just says, nope, I am not going to do this. The biggest thing that you can do for your art and your progress and your success as an artist is to cultivate and curate how you think about your art and your art process and your the practice of your art. Because everything you create starts in your mind, including the things that you don't want to create. So becoming aware of your thought patterns and how they impact your art is the single most important skill that you can master. So every time I decide that I will do something, I also think about what's going to get in my way and how can I stack the deck in my favor ahead of time so that I, it's more likely I'm going to get the result that I want. One of the ways I do that is to decide ahead of time how I will respond to things I know that my brain is going to try to tell me. So those things like, I don't want to do this right now. I can do it later. I'll just paint extra tomorrow. I don't know what to paint right now. It's going to take too long to set up. I have too many other things to do. Why did I choose another challenge right now? Like I don't have enough things going on in my life. So I know those are some of the thoughts that my brain is likely to offer me. So when I decide ahead of time that when my brain gives me these thoughts, I can just respond with, yeah, yeah, brain, I know. I thought that might come up. And here's what we're going to do. Okay. It's not going to take too long to set up. I knew we had another deadline this week. So I already decided that we're going to use these particular materials that are fast and easy. And I even left them out so that they're easy to get to. So that's an example of stacking the deck in my favor ahead of time and sort of anticipating and knowing what is likely to happen. By anticipating what's likely to happen, I can kind of say to that toddler brain like, hey, we don't need to do an extra tomorrow because we already decided to just take an hour today. And of course, we could do it later, but wouldn't you rather be relaxed later knowing that it's already done and that we did what we intended? This is literally how I talk to myself sometimes. Your primitive brain is like a little toddler. So you just have to gently guide it where you want it to go. The time constraint of 90 minutes keeps me very focused. I'm not going to think that it's going to take too long. And I never think that it's not enough time because I already know I can get a lot done in 90 minutes when I've made some of the biggest decisions ahead of time. And that's because I'm not using any of those 90 minutes to decide. I'm just taking massive action the whole time on something that I've already decided to do. It leaves me so much freedom and creativity when I do that. Another constraint I gave myself was the subject. At first, I thought I would just paint whatever popped into my head. And then I kind of remembered that what happened when I stopped working at Disney. So I decided that I would constrain it. So I decided to constrain it even further. I would do portraits. So my thought was I could go back to a subject I love and I have enough questions about portraits. I'm pretty sure I would never get bored of that. So in terms of interest level, a hundred portraits for me is really easy to commit to. That just sounds like a lot of fun. 
But then again, I'm thinking like, what could possibly get in my way of achieving this challenge or achieving this goal that I'm setting for myself? So then I thought, what would get in the way of me painting portraits? Maybe not having a model. I have no problem painting from photographs, so that could solve the I don't have a model problem. But I didn't want to set myself up to search through hundreds or thousands of photos, which would be an easy rabbit hole to fall into, like on one of those days where I don't feel like it or I'm already kind of tired or like anything. So I'm thinking of like what's likely to happen on not the best days, but on the quote unquote worst days. And on those words, quote unquote worst days, it's easy, like if you're kind of at a vulnerable place in terms of deciding what you want to do, searching through a reference is an easy rabbit hole to fall into that could easily take up the entire 90 minute block that I had set aside. So again, I'm thinking long term, what can I eliminate so that the project is simpler? So I decided to add another constraint, I would do self portraits. It would simplify the choice, and I know that I'm always available to myself at that time, and it offers me an opportunity to go really, really, really deep into a single subject. So that idea of going really, really deep into a single subject, for me, that is super compelling. I mentioned on an earlier episode that I had also been toying with the idea of doing landscapes, of doing 100 views from my backyard. So when I made this decision, I'm also deciding I'm not going to do the 100 views from my backyard right now. I decided I will table that idea and do it later as a separate project. But that is another idea to take a single location and go all in on it for 100 paintings, which to me is very, very compelling. And it's funny because I got a message right after that episode. I got a message from an artist who had heard me talk about that. And she had heard that I'd been contemplating. I think at that time, what I said was I was thinking about doing 50 portraits and then 50 landscapes. And her thought was, because she had done a very similar project, her thought was, you know, you should really just paint whatever comes into your mind that day because you're going to get bored faster than you think or something along those lines. And I have to say, I'm really grateful to her for bringing that up because it gave me the chance to make another decision to add another constraint that I will decide ahead of time that I will intentionally bring fun and curiosity into this project. For me, as long as I bring the fun and the curiosity to a painting, boredom is just not a thing that happens for me. I only get bored when I think there is nothing to be curious about, when I think I already know the answer or have done it before, or, you know, maybe sometimes I think like there's something better than what I'm doing right now. That's another thing that can kind of like put me into that rabbit hole. So this additional constraint I've given myself allows me to really dig into and set the intention of what is it about painting that I love? What is it about form and light and shadow and how they play off of each other that I can get even more curious about and explore while I'm doing these hundred paintings? What do I want to discover about myself as I create these paintings? What is it I want to discover about all the materials I have in my studio? What can I learn about line, about value, about texture, about collage, about shapes, about 
different ways that I can combine mediums and oil paints and all these things, right? So it leaves me like when I decide like I'm going to like keep myself in curiosity, I'm also deciding, I'm making that decision. I refuse to allow myself to drop into feeling bored. It's just not going to be an option for me. And this whole idea of constraint, it reminds me of something I read recently and I thought it was so funny. So I recently read a story and this was before TikTok. There was a Mick Jagger dance challenge. Apparently, I haven't been able to find it. But the deal was that if someone challenged you, no matter where you were or what you were doing, you had to stop and bust out some Mick Jagger moves. Here's the amazing thing about it. And people did this, right? And they did it like in the grocery store, driving a car, on a bus, like wherever they were, if their friend called them out or whatever that happened, they had to immediately bust a, like just go into a Mick Jagger dance move. So Here's what I think is really amazing about it. Mick Jagger has such a signature style. He's super, super easy to imitate in the sense that if you do his particular moves, most people, if they know who Mick Jagger is, they're going to know exactly who you're imitating or who you're dancing like. When the Rolling Stones started out, they played venues that had stages so small that Mick was confined. Mick and I were on first name basis, obviously. But Mick was con- he was confined to a tiny, tiny little space, like the size of a small desk. He could have let that work against him, but what he wanted was to have a huge presence and energy on stage. So all those quintessential Mick Jagger dance moves that are so iconic now, they came from the fact that he was squeezed into such a small place and he decided he's just going to work with it. So I love that story because I like to think about constraints the same way, and that changes everything. The question, it's not about like, what can't I do? The question becomes, what can I do within this constraint? And when I think about my project, 100 paintings in 100 days, 90 minutes per session, self-portraits only, right? I started really thinking about that and kind of visualizing it and like, okay, what would I do? And I started to get excited about it. And I started thinking all these things and like all these different ways I can do it. And then I realized it still feels pretty vast. So I decided to add another constraint, yet another one. At least I'm going to commit at least for the first 50 paintings, but I'm pretty sure that this will keep me completely entertained for a hundred. I don't know. But I decided that at least for the first 50 paintings, I'm working in black and white. Now we're talking, right? So will I get bored with this? No way. Because I have decided ahead of time that I won't get bored. And yes, you can just decide that it's not an option to be bored. Because I'm the person who decides what is fun for me. I decide what is boring. I decide what's fun. What's fun and what's boring are just thoughts that are in my head. So I won't entertain them. They're just not an option. Instead, I choose to be curious about this 90 minutes. I choose to be playful with my materials. I choose ahead of time what I want to explore and play within this idea and what I'm going to make it mean for myself. Now that I have all of these constraints, I can totally feel my mind just blowing up and expanding. Like there are so many things that I want to do with this series of paintings. So it just like the constraints actually makes me 
feel like when I think about that, I just think of like all the ways that I can play with this and all the things that I'm already curious about and how I can just amplify that. So that's how the power of constraint works really well in our favor in terms of like what we're creating and the materials that we're using and constraining subject matter and constraining palettes and things like that. So another thing that I think is really important to talk about with the power of constraints is how not just how we can use it in terms of sparking creativity and exploration and discovery within your work, but it also is a very, very powerful tool to use when you're feeling overwhelmed. So the lesson that I learned from that experience when I quit Disney and I had all this time to paint, now I know when I feel overwhelmed, I can think about what constraints do I want to give myself right now? What will I eliminate? What is not necessary? What will I decide is just not an option for me? What can I simplify or get rid of so that I can stack the deck in my favor and get the result of what I want? What's a better question to ask myself? It's the same thing with painting. So many times the question you want to ask isn't what else does the painting need? It's what can I remove from this painting? What do I want to simplify or eliminate to say it better or focus the viewer's eye where I want it to go? So I'll give you one more example. I was coaching a member of Growth Studio and she's in that season of skill development. She's really working on improving her skills. So, and she's been making amazing progress. So she had an idea for a painting and she went for it. But she, what she found out by doing that painting was that she had reached beyond her current skill level, which by the way, is beautiful because now she has that data with that she didn't have before. So her initial response was, I have so many things that are off in this painting, the drawings off, the colors off. She just listed all these things, right? So she could see that she had a skill gap and that skill gap was between her and the work that she wants to do. It's between her, what's in her head and what can come out on the canvas. She has this gap. If she falls into the thinking that everything is wrong, she's going to get overwhelmed quickly, like immediately. And sitting in overwhelm has absolutely no upside. Sitting in overwhelm typically means that you're going to slow way down or stop altogether. So we worked out a plan for her to constrain her thinking and to work on one specific skill for the next month. And then we're going to layer on another and then another. I kind of think of this like a rising tide lifts all boats. Same way I think of working with artists. We want to lift all of this up, but it works with your skills as well. So no matter what skill she chooses to work on, when she gets to the next one and layers that on, that first skill will feed into it and they will just keep leveling each other up. They all end up rising together, but she can do it in a very constrained way, in a very systematic way so that her efforts are focused and efficient. She's not going to bounce around and get micro improvements. I mean, that it may improve her skill set as well to sort of bounce back and forth. But what it won't do is the improvements will be so slight that she's not going to really notice it as strongly as she will by just constraining her focus onto drawing, for example. So she's going to go all in on a specific skill so that in addition to building that skill, 
She's also building her confidence levels too. And that is an amplifier. These are all ways that like constraints can 10x your growth really, really quickly. When I was think, when I think about constraining myself to a hundred black and white self portraits in a hundred 90 minute sessions every day, with each constraint, with every option I eliminate, it invites me to dive deeper into what's left. And I love that because to me, that is how you get the fastest growth. I'm freed from choosing a subject. I'm free from thinking about color palettes. I know exactly how long it will take. All that brain energy now goes directly into getting super creative with textures and materials and playing with different points of view of the same subject. Like I can, like there's a million different viewpoints that I can do a painting from. I can pull in like images from my childhood. I can play with values. I can do drawings, blind contours, collage, mixed media, using all the things and all the ways that I can possibly think of. And I can go all in on those things. So this is what constraint does for you. So I want to challenge you to think about where you might impose constraints in your art practice and what it will create for you. I've just described in detail ways to think about it in the actual painting process. And you can also think about constraints in the rest of your art practice, in your business decisions, in your marketing, in your finances, anywhere that you tend to feel overwhelmed. How can you use constraints to stack the deck in your favor? And if you want to put these ideas into practice, I want to invite you to join us in Growth Studio. Every week we dive into topics like this and we put it into practice. Growth Studio is where you learn to think differently so that you have the confidence and clarity to create the life you want. If you want to join us, just go to SavvyPainter.com forward slash join. That's what I have for you this week. Have a fabulous week, everyone. And I will talk to you soon. When you are aware of how powerful your mind is, you show up to your studio differently. You notice the abundant opportunities to level up your presence in the studio. And when you do that, you stop worrying about whether or not you have a voice because you know it was already there. Now your best work comes more easily. Join Growth Studio now. I show you your blind spots and help you create confidently. Just go to SavvyPainter.com forward slash join.